So you got a whole uh, alpha team now, don't you? But, you? but you have a wealth of knowledge that is beneficial to a lot of people, and it we can move the needle. How often do you hear a hunting podcast? We talked about this. People relate to this. We're doing things a little bit different today. I uh, had done a Q&A yesterday, um, and uh, somewhere in that Q&A, I thought it'd be a good idea to kind of send out to see if any listeners had good stories, shit like that, uh, that they might want to hop on the podcast, talk about. And um, I got enough that in about 10 minutes, I had to delete that post. But there was a few uh, good options, I guess you could say. And uh, Matt Manley, who's on the podcast with me right now, was one of them. So welcome aboard, man. I appreciate you coming on. Heck yeah, man. Glad to, glad to be on. Listen for a long time and, uh, yeah, just really enjoy the podcast. No, I appreciate that. So sounds like you're a busy man from, uh, you know, what you sent, what all do you got going on in, in life? Um, I, <laughs> you had po- you had sent me back a few things, but you, you coach wrestling full time or what all do you have going on? So I wrestled at the university of Missouri for five years and then I coached there for about five years. And uh, kind of when COVID hit off, uh, athletics re- wasn't really in a great place at Missouri financially and wasn't too sure if I was going to have a job. And about the same time, uh, uh, I started popping out kids right and left and kind of realized that the route I was going down, you know, athletics just kind of gets busier and busier and obviously want to spend more time with my kids that wasn't really going to leave a whole lot of time for uh, hunting. And so my wife and I actually kind of made a decision that we're both going to go back to school and we both became nurses. She's been a nurse for a little over a year now. And now I've been one for a few months now and uh, yeah, life's going good, man. Just, just getting a lot of hunting done here lately and chasing kids and life is good. But uh, yeah, I still am involved quite a bit with the wrestling team here, uh, but just kind of what I want to be now. No, that's that's cool. So I'm assuming, obviously, you were pretty good at wrestling if you wrestled in in college. Where'd you wrestle at in high school? And and um, again, I'm assuming you did pretty good. Did you wrestle in the Pan Am Games, anything like that? Like like what what, what weight class, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yes, yeah, so I grew up in Perry, Oklahoma. Um, kind of well nationally known for their wrestling. I think they still hold the national record for most uh, team state championships, but. Uh, Grew up there. I won state three times there. Uh, was supposed to be a 125-pounder in college, but uh, grew a little bit. Never actually made 125 in college, but I wrestled 133, 141, 157 in college. Um, I was chosen, and I was in high school to wrestle in the, the cadet Pan Am Games. Uh, however, it was in, I don't know, bumfuck Mexico, and <laughs> my parents said, there's no way in hell you're going down there. So. <laughs> I got picked, but didn't get to go. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I did fairly well in college. I had a pretty bad knee injury. I tore my LCL, PCL, and MCL my junior year, and that kind of kind of derailed things. Uh, but I was doing good up until that point. I was going to be like the, I think the five seed at the NCAA's that year. But uh, yeah, that kind of messed stuff up <laughs> yeah well i'm looking at photos of you and your ears are fucked up you're the kind of guy you don't fuck with in a bar i can i can see right now without uh going any farther than your ears how uh have you did you ever think about going the mma route like i know a lot of my buddies who wrestled went that direction did that ever cross your mind <laughs> uh, i tried it i had one amateur fight a few years ago 
um as far as the fighting aspect goes like i loved that like that was awesome it was awesome to compete and stuff and fun beating people up but uh i kind of realized after i i think i lost about a thousand dollars in that amateur fight between having to pay for the hiv test to get it done and and whatnot and yeah and i was like i'm I'm not going through this road of five or six of these fights to to make it to where i want to go but uh (laughs) it it was fun but i just wasn't the crowd for me i don't think yeah well and i i I, the thing um and you know i'm I'm working on 50 so i really only want to fight with my wife now um the pain involved in it as you get older, you know, starts to suck. And, and, uh, I would have, I mean, obviously wrestling is in in my opinion is, you know, and I played football and basketball and, and wrestled and it is by far much more taxing, um, you know, on the body. And I, I know they've done research as far as like special forces, Navy SEALs, the, you know, the highest percentage or whatever wrestlers, um, you know, obviously are the ones that generally will make it through. And there's a reason for that because you get the shit whooped out of you uh, during practice and in a, in a meet. And I, I, the first wrestling match I ever had, I remember puking uncontrollably afterwards uh, in the bathroom, embarrassingly. So it's just a different level. Talk, I mean, talk about that, the mental and physical toughness of wrestlers. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely makes you tough. You know, I think it's something I carry over into my hunting, especially out West and stuff. People kind of always tell me that you need to train to go out West and stuff and get in shape. And I'm, for the most part, I've always just kind of told them, you know, it, <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'll do what I have to do to get where I want to go. Uh, it doesn't really matter what kind of shape I take out there, but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely a grueling sport. Um, it took me a year or two of being done to my body to kind of recover where I'm like, Oh man, I don't, I don't wake up hurting every day, but uh, definitely very tough on the knees, shoulders. You know, it's, it's something I definitely think about as a bow hunter down the road that, you know, I don't know how much longer I'll be able to shoot a recurve in a compound, you know, hopefully quite a bit. But, uh, but yeah, it definitely beats the shit out of your body on a daily basis, especially at the college level when you're going at it, you know, two, sometimes three times a day, you know, most of the year. Yeah, well, yeah, um, I'm trying not to even remember a wrestling because it sucked that bad. Uh, if that gives you an idea, and I say that kind of jokingly, but <laughs> it does give you a lot of mental and physical, you know, toughness, which is good. So, you know, with that, so you you coached, you you know, wrestled in high school, you wrestled in college, you coached. Where does archery fit into that? Um, you know, where that beginning, like since you were a kid, did you hop in in the middle? Like, wh- where did archery pop into play? Man, so I was born into that. Uh, I can remember shooting a bow when I was four or five years old in the backyard. But uh, my dad was a uh, state champ in Oklahoma, uh, 3D archery. Uh, my older brother was too. So it kind of was just instilled to me that I was going to bow hunt. And uh, my dad, that's pretty funny. I was talking to my wife about this the other day. I, I have a son. I just started taking hunting here recently. And obviously very cognizant of trying to keep him safe and whatnot you know only hunting out of kind of ground blinds or elevated blinds but uh, hell back in the day my dad used to pack me in on his shoulders and climb up a tree and i'd curl up and sleep on the uh, platform of the stand you know the hang-on stand until the deer came in and you know no safety harness is nothing like that just four years old sleeping on a platform but that's how i grew up and got me hooked bow hunting i think i killed my first deer uh, i think i was 10 or 11 I shot my first deer with a bow and been hooked ever since, you know, I'll still shoot them with a rifle without a doubt, but, uh, you know, 
killing them with the bow is obviously my number one goal every year. And, uh, you know, you obviously get way more time to hunt with the bow, but, uh, yeah, uh, I, I've recently the last five or six years, kind of since I stopped wrestling myself, started going out West and trying to kill stuff out there with the bow and kind of going through the trials of that. But, uh, yeah, definitely a bow hunter through and through. So how's that going heading out, uh, heading out West? Cause I, like you had mentioned earlier about wrestling, um, you know, I will get guys that will message me about, I'm going to go on a seven or 10 day backpack hunt. And I'm like, yeah, you might want to go to five, um, you know, just in case you can't make it. And, uh, they're, well, no, I played football in college. The only time that I don't generally laugh at that, which again, like, don't call me a dickhead. Anyone is, is when they say they've wrestled because then I'm like, all right, you got a chance. Like most guys aren't, uh, you know, gonna, I mean, it's, it, if you do a backpack hunt specifically, it's just not for, for everyone. So did you head out and do any backpack hunts or day hunts or, or what, when you headed out West the first time? Uh, the first time, man, that's, uh, like I told you, I had some epic gear failures to tell you about. Uh, yeah, the, the first time I went out West, uh, my, one of my best friends and my brother and I all went out to Colorado uh, over the counter unit that my brother had hunted a few times and at least seen quite a few elk. So we know we were, you know, at least going to a decent spot and, uh, packed up, uh, the truck full of mountain houses. And I had a, uh, just a, like, I think a $250 pack from Cabela's and headed out, drove throughout the night. I think it was a 13 hour drive from where we are in Missouri to Colorado where we went. And, uh, Drilled straight through the night, no sleep, got there early in the morning, shot the bows a few times, and just went straight up the, the mountain. Uh, my brother and them arrived later with four-wheelers, uh, so we could drive, you know, four or five miles in, then kind of hike up from there. But uh, we beat them there by a day, so my buddy and I just kind of went straight up and uh, learned really quick you need to uh, acclimate, uh, to make a long story short, just kind of being that you know tough dumbass attacked the mountain a little little too quickly didn't acclimate and we had planned to stay back there you know basically as long as it took we were planning on you know up to 10 days like you said and about day four man, i just felt like shit severe headache couldn't walk 10 feet without having to stop bend over and and breathe and uh basically had to limp down the mountain at a snail's pace to get to the four wheelers and then found a guy that, uh, would give me a ride back to the truck. Uh, cause our four wheeler actually broke down up in there. Uh, and then had to wait a few hours for my buddy and brother to get back there and had to go to the hospital a couple hours away and ended up having a pulmonary edema, pretty bad one. Uh, I didn't learn this. So I became a nurse, but, uh, my buddy actually was a nurse at the time and my O2 sats were in the sixties and I was like, Oh, is that bad? I don't know. And then now being a nurse, you see people, you know, they freak out and people are in the seventies or eighties, you know, on oxygen saturations. And I was like, ah, you know, they're all right. They got a ways to go still, <laughs> you know, shit. I walked off the mountain at 60, but, uh, yeah, that was kind of my first experience on what does and does not work out West compared to life here in the Midwest. So I'm assuming you have kind of a pre, you get altitude sickness, easier than most. Some people never get it. Some people get it really easy. Do you still get it super easy or if you acclimate and, you know, 
kind of ease into it, it, it you don't get it as bad? Uh, I haven't really tested the water since then just because uh, the team doc here, I'm pretty good friends with him, and uh, he was like, oh, dude, there's a medication you could take to, to beat that. And I can't remember the name of it. It starts with an A. Uh, but the next year I went out to New Mexico, not too far from where I was in Colorado, same elevation and just taking that medication just had no, no issues whatsoever, uh, in comparison. But, uh, I've been in hunting in Idaho, hunting bears and been at six, 7,000 feet elevation and, and didn't take it. And it didn't bother me at all. But in Colorado, when I got sick there, we were, we were pretty high. We were 11,000 or so. Um, but, but yeah, so far, as long as I take that medication, I'm, I'm good to go. Gotcha. So, with um, the the bow hunting portion of this, are you like mm, fling some arrows, head to a pro shop to get your bow worked on, or did you go like are you like balls deep into it and doing everything on your own? Like what what level are you at? I pretty much do everything on my own that I can. I've got an arrow saw and a homemade uh, paper tuner at home, and like I said, my my dad was a state champ growing up, so we kind of did all our bow tinkering at, at the house growing up, but, uh, that's kind of, you know, before the, the limb angles changed my dad, my dad's a welder. So he made his own bow press and we kind of, you know, did everything at home there, but, uh, I can pretty much do anything in my house now other than, you know, having to maybe put a peep in or something, but I pretty much do all my self tuning, um, at the house and then kind of put broadheads on and kind of adjust from there. But, uh, yeah, I, I've been a few years ago, you know, when the E-Fox thing was crazy, I I got pretty heavy. Uh, <laughs> I had a pretty epic failure the first year. I bought some 200-grain cutthroats and screwed them on to some uh, Maxima Red 350s, I think, and, uh, you know, just shot the field points before, uh, you know, practicing, didn't shoot the broadheads and thought I was good and tried to shoot a deer, I think, I don't know, 60 or 70 yards. And, uh, yeah, watched that shit fishtail and, and miss by about six feet. I think, uh, I learned pretty quickly after that, that, uh, need to shoot the broadheads in and, and need to get a stiffer spine going, going heavier. And, uh, I shot, I fixed it and, and shot a heavier arrow around 550 grains or so for a few years and had good success. And then kind of this last year switched it up and, I'm down around 430 grains now with a cut on contact. I've got a short draw length, uh, that, that lighter weight just giving me, you know, a little better, uh, uh, ballistics, I guess. Um, so kind of shooting it, seeing, seeing what works. Did, did, so did you go off the deep end with the Ashby, um, uh, ranch ferry, that whole thing or where, where, where'd the, where'd the heavy FOC? Oh, there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hardcore. Yeah. So and I and I started shooting uh, traditional at the same time too, so it kind of kind of went hand in hand. You know, I I tried to make a setup at one point where I could shoot the same arrows from my recurve to my compound and got close, but never got you know perfect enough that I was comfortable with the compound. Okay, so how with with like the you know heavy FOC and every like when you had said you had some epic deer failures, what was uh, what was that about? So the gear failures, I get that would be, uh, with that, that Colorado trip, I guess, uh, 
kind of what I guess escalated that, you know, altitude sickness, the uh, pulmonary edema I had is it it rained on day four and uh, figured out real quick that that water resistance does not mean waterproof. And uh, pretty much it got soaked to the bone and, and shit went downhill real fast after that. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I was talking about, though, the gear failures, that and, and the pack. Uh, man, I still got that pack, but uh just kills my hips. And I've kind of been back and forth. I don't know if that's my hips are kind of very plausible. They could be messed up from wrestling, but uh, I don't know. It could also be that pack. I don't really know much about them, to be quite honest. Yeah. Well, do you think like um, you with where, where like are you for, where are you at in Oklahoma, northeast, southwest? Uh, so I live in in Missouri still in Columbia, Missouri, but I'm from north central Oklahoma originally. So are you hunting quite a bit in Missouri and Oklahoma? Do you go back home or just Missouri? Yeah, no, I hunt both, and then uh, I hunt Kansas periodically too. So so what's your setup? I know you told me what it is now, but what bow sight, like, do you, did you feel comfortable heading out West with what your setup was for whitetail? Did, did you, it's cause I mean, if you went down the rabbit hole of EFOC and the uh, ferry and, um, Aspie foundation and all that, I'm assuming you get a little bit geeked out on, on gear. I did. I've kind of sensed it. I, I would say I get more geeked out on setups than gear. Um, since, uh, I, I probably missed it by a year, actually. The year I went out west, I was still shooting a light setup. I was shooting a 400, 415 grain arrow, probably with, uh, I think I was shooting a four-blade slick trick then. Um, and I never got to shoot an elk. I, I had a couple close encounters, got drawn back a few times, but never got to fling one at an elk. But, uh, you know, when, when I went down the, the pasture craze, I, uh, like I said, that first year I put on a 200 grain cutthroat. And then when I saw that didn't work, uh, I quickly went back to a, uh, I think that was the year that bone collector had those skinnies you could buy at Walmart. I bought a dozen of those and went slapped a schwacker on and I shot that the rest of the year. But then, uh, the next year and I had some more time in the summer, uh, did some tinkering and bought a, uh, I think I had to shoot 250 spines, uh, gold tip uh, 100 xts and then uh put a magnus stinger on there and that flew really well for me and i think that was a 550 or 560 grain setup uh i mean it worked well on deer you know i obviously smoked everything i shot blew way through it um shot a few head on a few in the shoulder not in the knuckle but you know but in the square in the shoulder and you know blew through everything i shot but uh kind of gearing toward you know having to shoot farther distances you know i shoot a 27 inch draw length and i noticed real quick if i if i'm off a yard or two i'm I'm missing that animal for sure and so uh we got some uh 300s this year still shooting 125 grain stinger but uh that puts me at about 430 grains with a lighted knock and just just get a lot better you know arrow arrow drop at longer distances with that setup um, and you know, I still shoot most of the year at 20, 30 yards, but you know, just if I have to reach out there and touch one, that's kind of, kind of what I decided to go with. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. So with you, um, what on, on like with 
hunting whitetails and you, you know, you headed out West, are you going to try to like keep pursuing the Western hunting? I know you said you started popping out kids like crazy, but is that something you're, I, I guess what I'm saying is you, are you happy just whacking whitetails? Or are you going to try to keep coming out West as much as possible? Oh no, I'm yeah, I'm planning on going out West as much as possible. Uh, the last few <clears> years I had to miss last year because I was in nursing school. I didn't get to go elk hunting or bear hunting or anything. Um, but planning on going back out bear hunting in Idaho this, uh, April, May, somewhere in there. And then, uh, my best friend here, he was actually the strength coach from Mizzou. He, uh, he moved up to Alaska three years ago. Um, and he's been guiding, uh, brown bears and moose up there, uh, and sheep and, uh, trying to go up there and kill a moose, uh, next August, hopefully. But, uh, but no, I'm, I'm definitely hundred percent committed to going out West uh, as much as possible and trying to kill, trying to kill a bunch of different species. If I can, you know, I was able to shoot a bear my first trip out to Idaho and it died in the river and floated away. That sucked. But, uh, yeah, just trying to, trying to kill everything out West for sure. Yeah. So when's your next, uh, what's your next, like, what, what's your next, what's your plans, I guess. Cause it's not cheap. Um, are you, do you think that far ahead or are you like me and wing everything in life for the hunt, hunting <laughs> anyway? That far ahead, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trying to, I definitely think that far ahead, at least get it on my wife's radar and make sure it's going to be kosher, but, uh, also remodeling a house right now. So that could, could, uh, throw a wrench into things, but, uh, planning on putting in for, uh, some permits next month in Idaho. And then without a doubt going over the counter for black bears, in April there and uh kind of gonna depend on my buddy's guiding schedule whether or not I go for moose but uh for sure planning on doing something out there uh in Alaska in August September and then I think uh, my brother gets married probably sometime in September probably gonna plan on doing an elk hunt uh sometime next fall too yeah so if you uh when you uh kind of re, getting away getting away from bow hunting a little bit on since you you wrestled and you coached college kids how much has assuming where you're from um try to word this without a bunch of people screaming at the computer have you found that the coaching and some of the people sent your way has that changed as far as toughness over the years uh or does it seem more geographical and i'm trying to be as polite as i can but you know it seems like the world is is ending and everyone is getting softer and softer especially you know me and an older generation not ancient but older um what are your views on that i guess like are you getting are you thinking wrestlers are getting softer or is it geographical or if you're in wrestling you're hard enough already or what you get what i'm saying what what do you think yeah, I mean, I kind of what you said. I think overall, if you, if you wrestle, you're already pretty damn tough compared to the rest of the world. But uh, that aside, I would definitely say, yeah, that kids generationally are getting softer. Even from when I was wrestling, you know, 10 years ago in college, I would say we were a lot, you know, a lot dumber but a lot tougher uh, compared to the kids now that we get. Uh, kids now technically are a lot better wrestlers, but – not as tough, but uh, that's kind of different too, though, as far as wrestling goes. I mean, 
wrestling's changed a lot and the amount of matches kids wrestle nowadays growing up. And so they don't have as much tread on the tires when they get to college. And so the training looks a little bit differently. Like, uh, when I was in college, we would run, we had a seven mile run. We'd run on Monday and on Tuesday, we'd run a stadium and on Wednesday we'd have, you know, sprints in the indoor arena. And it was a lot more grueling on your body. And I think now that they're, they're, they're definitely do, you know, you know, some stuff like that, but it's, it's a lot more uh, thought out and, you know, not wearing and tearing on your body. Um, but overall, I would say, yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely a degree or two softer in the room for sure. So, and how big was the town you were raised in? Uh, so Perry is about 5,000 people, something like that. So I'm, I'm assuming you were doing some kind of baling hay or cattle ranching or some shit. Like I'm, I'm guessing if, if I think I know where that's, that that's located in, in Oklahoma. Yeah. So that's North central smack dab between, you know, Oklahoma city and, and Wichita right on I 35. But uh, I actually never bailed hay funny enough. Uh, you know, my family, my dad is a welder. My mom's a banker and we lived in town. Uh, but pretty much all the free time I had, uh, I, I mowed for my wrestling coach. He had, he had a landscaping business, so I, I mowed for him. That's what I did growing up. But uh, other than that, all the free time I had, I was either fishing or noodling or, or hunting. But, uh, yeah, all my friends that bailed hay, yeah, I mean, they they would definitely tell you it, it builds character. Yeah. Well, and that's that's what I was kind of curious about, especially Oklahoma. And Oklahoma, I guess that'd be, what are the top, uh, what would you say the top five states for wrestling? Oh man, I would say if you're going strictly numbers based, like quality kids that come out, uh, probably Pennsylvania, Ohio, um, Illinois, Minnesota, and, and then probably Oklahoma, somewhere in there. But uh, it's tough to say because you know Oklahoma is definitely the quality is is there without a doubt, but they just don't have the numbers that those other states have, you know, population wise. But uh, uh, you look at like the, the, the teams nationally in high school that compete, you know, at the, uh, the, like the dual championships and stuff. And Oklahoma's won that quite a few times. So, um, definitely holding its own toughness wise, but, uh, yeah, th- those five states right there for quality and then toughness, I would say are probably it. Do you get involved in much recruiting? I did. Uh, so I've been away from, you know, coaching and recruiting and stuff for, almost two years now. Um, but that was pretty much my job was setting up recruiting visits and stuff, um, in the fall and in the spring. So I did, did quite a bit of that over the years. Mm. Sorry, I had to get a drink. Did you like that? Or was that like, was that your thing or was that something you had to do? Um, it depends. <laughs> Some kids and families were, were easier to deal with than others. Um, but you know, when they actually got on campus and I could talk to them and stuff, I liked that. Uh, you know, setting stuff up and arranging things uh, wasn't really my favorite. Uh, you know, part of that, you know, making sure the restaurants and shit are ready when y'all get there and all that stuff. And I, that that part of the job I hated. I hated having to rely on other people. And if it's not ready, it's it's your ass. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, you know, talking to kids and families and stuff from different places. Uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot more when they were hunters, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of reading here. Um, 
I'm trying to read about you on the internet. Uh, what was your, I, I got, I think I'm reading. So what was your senior record? I, my senior year in college, I was, I think I was five or six and two. Uh, like I said, I blew my knee out at conference my junior year. Uh, and with the medical forfeits and stuff, I had to take it at conference and the, I wrestled the NCAA two weeks later with my knee blown out and obviously didn't do well. But uh, I think with that, I think I was 20, 28 and eight or 28 and six or something that year. And then I came back in time for the first duel my senior year and uh, broke my hand in the first match back and had to have surgery on my hand. Uh, that kind of kind of derailed things. I just it really wasn't the same person. I was probably 50, 60% of my normal self that year. And, just didn't wrestle many matches that year, um, but ended up, I wrestled 141 primarily and uh, kind of halfway through the season, we kind of realized that I wasn't, wasn't going to be able to compete the same way that I would normally and kind of, kind of lost my job as the starter there. But uh, one of the last duels of the year, our 57 pounder was out and uh, you know, without cutting and stuff, I weighed about 160. So uh, I asked coach if I could wrestle the last duel 57 and, and he let me, so that was super cool. And, and ended up getting a pin at home for my last duel. Um, but, yeah, I only wrestled, I think, about seven matches my senior year there. That, yeah, and, and how'd you do in high school your senior year? Uh, I was 48 and 1, I think, my, my senior year. Yeah, uh, that's what I that's what I, I pulled, pulled up. <laughs> it looked like. I thought that I figured yeah. that was you. I'm trying to read through the Internet here. So you were fairly yeah. dominant then your senior year, obviously. Yeah, I I think at high school I I was like 170 and 17 or something like that, and I lost 14 times my freshman year, and then I think I lost four matches after that total. Um, but uh, I, I weighed a whole 95 pounds my freshman year, wrestling 103. So I took took some lackings because of that. Yeah, what do you weigh now? You said 160, or or have you gained since you stopped? <laughs> I filled out a little bit. Uh, kind of outside of wrestling, when I got done wrestling my senior year, I was in pretty good shape and lifted quite a lot. And I was probably 170, 175 then and pretty lean. But, uh, yeah, I haven't worked out a whole lot since then. Uh, I'm probably 180-ish now, uh, somewhere in there. Gotcha. So I, I was, I'm was i looking at photos, no homo. It doesn't look like you're fat. Um <laughs> So, like, I mean, you have to stay, you have to be in fairly good shape still. Uh, pretty good. I could still get on the mat right now if I wanted to. I'd probably get dog ass tired after four or five minutes. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm still in fairly good shape. Uh, uh, eat like, I go through three cycles of eating really healthy and eating like shit. Kind of, I think, like everybody else does during deer season. But, uh, yeah, not not obese by any means right now. Gotcha. Well, so I, I, my only contact with wrestling now is, well, I, when I say flow wrestling, I follow on social media and then I kind of bounce around from that. So some of the wrestlers, you know, now that I'm kind of paying attention to, and I have not like paid attention over the last decade or two, as I, I probably should have, it seems like the USA has better wrestlers now and in the recent history than we ever have. Is that 
as a whole. Would you say that's true or am I talking out my ass? Cause that happens frequently as well. Uh, yeah, no, it, we're definitely kind of in like the glory days right now, you know, in the, in the eighties, you know, we kind of had a really good run there when the Soviet union broke up, we had some really good teams, but, uh, but yeah, kind of since Jordan Burroughs, uh, came on the international scene in 2011, we've gotten, uh, a lot better since then. And, and had a lot of guys, uh, sticking around for a lot longer, you know, and I was growing up in the early two thousands or so. Uh, guys just didn't, you know, wrestle after college that long. It didn't seem like, uh, but now hell people are wrestling and eight, nine, 10, you know, world championships. And we've got quite a few of those dudes on the national team. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the USA is reaping the rewards of it, uh, especially in years where, you know, Russia is banned and can't compete as a team that, that definitely helps out. But yeah, we're, we're, da- we're damn good right now. Uh, we, we should, should win it as a team. I would think, uh, this uh, upcoming Olympics. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm trying to think it was Kyle Dake, Burroughs, uh, Snyder. I'm trying to, I'm missing some, um, who else? I'm trying to, those are the three that stick out in my mind initially that are dominating and I'm sure I'm missing some, but yeah, Dake, Snyder, Burroughs. Um, if Stevenson comes back, you know, he'll, he'll be definitely in the mix to win an Olympic title. Uh, he's, he's a freak, uh, Jaden Cox, who wrestled here with me on the team. He, uh, he's won two or three world titles and a couple other, uh, world and Olympic medals, but, uh, yeah, they've got six or seven dudes on the team right now that are, you know, multiple time world Olympic medalists. And, uh, yeah, it's a good time to be an American for sure. So who would you say is like the, the toughest person or maybe more well-known and toughest person you wrestled? That I wrestled personally or like wrestled in the room with or what? No, no. In, in competition. In competition. Um, let's see. I wrestled Dean Heil, uh, one time he was, uh, wrestled in Oklahoma state. He was a couple of time NCAA champion and we had a pretty close match. Um, I think he, he took me down with like 20 seconds left for me to lose. Um, I beat a handful of all Americans, but probably nobody you'd probably know. Um, you think the knee injury, if that wouldn't have happened, do you think there would be, it would have wrote a different story, quite, quite a bit of of a different story for you if you wouldn't have had the knee injury? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It kind of sucks. I don't, I mean, I don't have any regrets about my career or anything, but I definitely think about it periodically on, you know, what if, because kind of like the next season, the, the NCAA changed the rules on medical red shirts and stuff. And, uh, I definitely would have got one of those. And then, uh, yeah, I think it definitely would have been differently if I, if I had more time to, to recover and stuff from that injury, I think it for sure would have had a different outcome. And I don't want to say for sure, but I mean, I got to think I probably would have all American and been close to the top of the podium, you know, top four. Or so the next year, but, uh, it definitely chaps my ass about all the NIL stuff. Now I, I was, I was pretty active in the community and pretty low, pretty vocal on social media and stuff. And got to think I would have got a few bucks. Yeah, no, I, I, that's what I was kind of curious about, but yeah, well, that sucks. Well, it looks like you're doing good now though. And you get to go hunting. So, and you probably won't be as fucked up physically as you would have been that look at it that way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, 
it's crazy now because dudes, uh, we got dudes on the team now that hell, they're all like their seventh year of collegiate wrestling with uh, COVID years and whatnot, and medical years and Olympic years. It's it's wild. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't have any regrets, but uh, they're they're making some good money now. That would have been cool. But but yeah, like you said, I I'm happy with where I am now. I, I get to go hunting a lot and got a good wife, got the kids, and life's good. I can't complain. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, cool, man. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I do appreciate you hopping on. And, uh, yeah, it's cool uh, hearing, you know, and obviously from listeners and everything else always. it it It's something I'm going to start doing more, bringing listeners on. That the You know, one of the problems is, is some people just choke their ass off. Like, we've had some that I couldn't post because I couldn't get someone to talk. And uh, while they may <laughs> maybe, yeah. like, have a good story, but they're nervous. And I try to keep it where it's just two dudes shooting the shit. But, um you know, I, I mean, I, I get it. Like, you know, if, if especially if you've never done a podcast before, because somewhere between 40 and 100,000 people are going to listen to this at a minimum. So you, I can see how people would do that. But so I'm glad you didn't choke your ass off. That was a big benefit for, for me because it's hard sometimes to come up with stuff to ask if nobody's talking. So. Yeah, I've never had an never had an issue with talking for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I've had a wrestling podcast. I did one with Mizzou for uh, two or three years. And then I spun off when I left there and did my own podcast. So I fairly, fairly well versed with how it works. Yeah, no, no, that's cool, man. Well, I appreciate you hopping on and you got my phone number now. Call me if you ever need anything, but yeah, thanks again, dude. It was, it was good. For sure, man. Will do. Thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, enjoy listening to the podcast and hope you, hope you stack a few more animals up this year. I'll be in uh, your home state soon. So I, I can promise you I will. <laughs> Gotcha. You'll be out west or somewhere out there, won't you? That's correct. Yeah, I'm, I'm west right on the Texas border. I kind of bounce back and forth from the panhandle to the panhandle, really, but Oklahoma to Texas. So, Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Send me some pictures, man, if you get one down. I'll be I'll be down there bow hunting uh, around Thanksgiving or so. So I'll, I'll send you one if I knock one down. Cool. Sounds good, man. Take it easy. Yep, you too, man. Thank you. Yep, bye-bye.